Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Hello there, this is BK on the air, here to tell you that if you hear the telephone number, please don't call, because this is a rebroadcast. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man, you'll get the horns. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. Gilligan's Island only had a three-season run from 1964 to 67, but its theme song is one of the most recognizable ever. But did you know there was a total of three versions of it? A completely different Calypso-style piece was written by the future Oscar-winning composer John Williams and exists only on the unaired pilot. The show's creator, Sherwood Schwartz, actually sings this one, which introduces the skipper, Gilligan, and Mr. and Mrs. Millionaire. Well, it also includes a schoolteacher and two secretaries, later referring to them as the other tourists. Just before the first season, Schwartz and composer George Weil wrote a new theme titled The Ballad of Gilligan's Isle. It was sung by the vocal group The Wellingtons, who later appeared on the show as the rock group The Mosquitoes. This theme added a movie star, but only referred to the professor, played by Russell Johnson, and Marianne, played by Don Wells, as the rest. This apparently ruffled some feathers, including those of the show's main star, Bob Denver. Bob went to bat for his castaway castmates by insisting that the intro be re-edited for seasons two and three, and that the professor and Marianne be added to the theme. And because he had contractual billing rights, Denver threatened that it had to be done or he would require his character to be put up last. Ultimately, the studio gave in, and thus the entire cast was now included in the classic and beloved theme. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the golden rage of TV. And now back to BK on the Air. You are listening to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Uh-oh. He's just an angel in disguise. Uh, he's just an angel in disguise. Uh, did you lose something, fat stuff? Looking for a darned old turkey. Sir, do you mean to insinuate that I hide your darned old turkey? I was as they certainly came this way. Well, I ain't talking, see? My lips are sealed. Well, I ain't no stool pigeon, see? What a pal, 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 what a pal. What a pal. Oh, I'd need a dag nabbit. And I had everything ready for a nice big turkey dinner. Not a word out of me. I ain't no squealer. I'm the... Turkey dinner? Uh-huh. And with a chestnut dressing, too. Mm-hmm. No. No, I won't talk. They can't make me. I'm no stool pigeon. I'm not... Cranberry sauce? Yeah, and uh, we have uh, mashed potatoes and green peas. Mashed potatoes and green peas? No, 
No, they can't sweat it out of me. I won't be a stool pigeon. I won't. I won't be a... And... And... Candied yams? Uh, uh, candied yams. Oh, oh, the yams did it! The yams did it! The yams did it! <laughs> so, yeah, Thanksgiving's not over yet, and it is Saturday morning, so how about saying nothing like Saturday morning, playing a little Looney Tunes you know Thanksgiving tie-in there with Daffy Duck hiding the turkey from Porky that's trying to kill him, as a pilgrim, by the way, with a As musket. a kid, I had no problem with Daffy Duck slowly realizing what a great meal Thanksgiving yeah. is. <laughs> And now as an adult, I'm like, he's a bird yeah, who's deciding he, he'd like to eat another, another bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> see, you're right, because mm. now when I see billboards and advertisements of barbecue restaurants, and it's a shot of the pig going with, with, a, thing, with a napkin yeah. around his neck going, man, with a knife and fork, I'm like, cannibalism, anybody? Exactly. <laughs> Holy cow. Mm. It's good, but do you know the message you're sending? <laughs> that's like billboards of us, like in the deep, darkest jungle where the cannibals are going, hey, ha- have have a tourist. They taste wonderful. Mm. Look at me. Tourism. That's, it's not, it's not just for uh, visiting anymore. <laughs> now they can be a meal. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> but I love that, by the way, little little Thanksgiving leftover Daffy Duck hiding the turkey from, from, uh, from uh, Porky Pig, who's dressed in full pilgrim regalia with his musket and everything. He's looking for the turkey, and he's like, I'll hide you, pal. I'll help you. Then he... He turns on him because <laughs> he realizes how delicious this meal is going to be. By the way, when it comes to impression and words and culture, you got to know whether or not your your kids are aware of the things you're aware of. We played a game. It's an online one of those funny little like you don't know Jack kind of games. Yeah. But you play it with, oh, yeah. I love, where everybody I love can you don't know put Jack. fake answers and then you vote on who's got the best answer. Right. One of the questions was uh, fill in the blank. It says... Uh, the USDA has just now allowed lunchrooms in schools to serve up to 4% of blank. Of blank, yeah. My answer was Soylent Green. <laughs> My wife thought that was hysterical. My other kids didn't vote for me because they're like, what, what's Soylent what Green? That? Like, You've never heard of that? So we explained what it was. Yeah. Every t- every answer from that point on was Soylent Green. Like oh, they kept no. using it, but it was so funny. <laughs> but I was like, because I, I thought like that was hysterical. Like we'll now allow four percent of Soylent Green. Right. <laughs> my wife understood the reference. But none of my kids and the the, the their, their significant others they didn't well, get the reference. Think of just how horrific that is. It's like food supply is so bad in the future in this story, where we take not only I mean we're taking humans and 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 processing them into something that looks like little crackers that are green or red. Yeah, there's soylent red. There's other colors of it too that do different things, but but we, we the bulk of them come from people who don't want to live anymore, and they go get voluntarily euthanized. Which Edward G. Robinson was in it, and that's what he chose. They bring you in, you go, oh, are you ready to check out of this life? Come on in, and we'll take care of you. And they put him in front of the if they put them in front of these big virtual reality screens and show them countrysides and deer roaming the mountains, stuff they can't see anymore because the world's in bad shape. And that's how they that's how they uh, make them. That's how they. Kevorking them as, as yeah. they do it that way with, with beautiful things Ugh. for them to look at. And then they ship them off and process them into soil and green. Yeah. That's terrible. It's mm. just a terrible story. But great movie, though. Great it's, it's movie. It's a fantastic movie. With Charlton Heston. at the very end. Yeah. Silent Green is people! Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't that great that he has two of the most fantastically shocking ending scenes of a sci-fi movie? Heston does. Mm-hmm. He yells that at the end of Solent Green, and everyone remembers that. Then he sees the Statue of Liberty at the end of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Those are two endings that you can say. Even if people's never seen the film, sometimes they know what that means and what it's from. And I always tell people, 
the movies are more than that. If you make fun of the last scene, which everyone has parodied, watch the whole movie because it's actually really good. I mean, that build up to that, that shocked people. Well, there's a lot of shock endings back right. in the day. Well, a lot of people th- just thought that he was at some other planet <clears throat> yeah, that had they thought evolved he was... differently, yeah. where humans were still subspecies. Because he'd gone 3,000 years into the future when their ship was right fell into a warp or something happened to them. And he's like, "There's this. I was here all along. And he says it. He's like, I've been home the whole time. I didn't know it. Curses. And it was shocking. About as shocking as the uh, the murder scene in Psycho. That shocked a lot of people, too, in the old days. Uh, Jaws shocked a lot of people. We talked a lot about that at the Halloween show. <clears throat> I do have another Halloween leftover fact that we, we were talking a lot about Halloween. It was a Halloween show last weekend, last show. I went years not really knowing this, and I may have known it and forgot it. <laughs> Did you know that, uh, well, kids love playing dress-up, which is partly why Halloween is so popular. We go from Halloween to Thanksgiving. So it's only fitting that when Thanksgiving was a fledging national holiday, it dressed up for as Halloween. And I didn't know that. From the late 19th century through the first half of the 20th century, kids went out in costumes on Thanksgiving Day and did something akin to trick-or-treating. Really? In 1897, an L.A. Times piece called it the busiest time of the year for the manufacturers of dealers in, ma- in masks and false faces, is what they reported. Much like the Fright Nights of today, the Thanksgivings of yesteryear saw people masquerade as well-known politicians, animals, crass stereotypes of foreigners and, and poor people and creatures and stuff like that. And in New York, Thanksgiving also went by Ragamuffin Day, they called it. Because so many dressed as beggars and asked people on the streets for goodies. Usually they were greeted with apples, candies, or pennies, believe it or not. Pennies sounded like the crappiest treat ever, but they were actually worth something back then <laughs> in, True. in in the uh, 1800s. As Thanksgiving matured, adults decided it was time for the holiday to grow up. In 1930, a New York school superintendent argued that it's in, in, incompatible with costume kids doing that, asking, asking adults for stuff on holidays with giving in its name. Thankfully, the movie Miracle on 34th Street came out in 1947, which is one of my favorites on my Christmas list of great movies to watch at Christmas. And Thanksgiving then started behaving more like Christmas at that point. So it took us all the way up to 1947 to kind of wean off of that, doing huh. that stuff for, for Thanksgiving like Halloween from like 1897 all the way up that's to the crazy. early 1940s. And I didn't really know that. I might have heard that at one point, but that's an interesting another interesting I do thing. like I do like Thanksgiving being more associated with the uh, with Christmas because it is about good feelings and glad tidings mm-hmm. and being thankful and being, you know, joyous. As a kid, like I said before, I loved Christmas more because look what you get on Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you want things on Christmas. But as I matured and as we got older, Thanksgiving morphed into Christmas without gift, without having to without buy the gifts. the pressure of gift giving. Yeah, I mean, it basically is the same thing almost, other than the reason you celebrate it is completely right. different. But still, families get together. There's goodwill. There's food. There's all the things or whatnot. Football. It, it, it was still on vacation. Yeah, it was like it was like cold. I had to. It was warm still it up. lying in bed for I the turkey coma. Go, oh god! But you're right about that. Here, let me well, let me turn it off because I got to tell you this. Okay. this is, I, have, I think I read. Didn't I read on a schedule somewhere that the uh, University of Alabama plays the University of Georgia next month? Don't they play this year? They'll I, I read probably. They're, yes, they're probably going to play in the SEC championship yeah. game. Yeah. That's a game that's probably going to be watched in my house. Oh, and it'll it will be. And I'll probably you'll probably I'll be watch there. It. Just I'll be watching it from my dad. My dad will be watching like a little ghost on my mm-hmm. shoulder, watching it with me because he wants me to watch. And it's my it's my home state college group anyway. And not a too bad a team by the way. Alabama's done pretty good over the past 
50 years or so in their in their rankings. Certainly in but, recent years under Nick uh, Saban. Because yeah. people sometimes go, we're going to play Alabama this weekend? Oh, geez. But I think they're number three right now, and Georgia's number one. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. So, again, when they play next month and I watch it with Mrs. BK, I'm going to learn all new colorful metaphors like I usually do. You'll realize your I wife was destined it. to be a sailor. That's true. Like, like are you sure you weren't in the Navy? I know Alan was. Are you sure you weren't? We'll return after these messages. I'm freezing! Superman! Uh-oh, sounds like Lisa and Scott are trapped in the icy cave of that frosty-faced felon, Captain Cold. This is a job for Superman. My fast freeze zapper will freeze Superman forever. No way, Captain! Dear kids, my new Superman hot cocoa mix is the super-tasting way to warm up. And see, Captain Cold can't take this warm reception. New Superman Hot Cocoa, the super-tasting way to warm up. Some folks like fish cooked in a French wine sauce. The English like their fish with chips. And what about good old American pan-fried fish? There's boiled fish, broiled fish, dried fish, poached fish, fried fish, small fish, large fish. You'll love them all, especially when you have the fun of catching them yourself. Introducing the Pocket Fisherman. Anyone who ever had the urge to go fishing should own a pocket fisherman. Compact enough to fit easily inside an attache case, glove compartment, lunchbox, backpack. Anyone who just wants plain, easy fishing should own a pocket fisherman. There's nothing else to buy. It's rod, reel, line, bobber, and hook. Pistol grip holds the tackle. Tough cycleite housing completely protects the smooth action Johnson reel. With 180 feet of top quality line, the DuPont rod has a twin flex tip sensitive enough to react to the slightest nibble, yet strong enough to haul in the big ones. In tight spots and for safe casting, it's ideal. In the past, millions of pocket fishermen have been sold in stores for over $20. And with today's prices going up, you might expect to pay a lot more for one today. But through a special purchase of pocket fishermen for direct sales, you can now own the very same pocket fishermen for the unbelievable low price of just $14.95. That's right, just $14.95. Order now and receive as a bonus assorted hooks and lure to help catch fish of all shapes and sizes. You may never see the pocket fishermen at this price again, because when our supply is gone, there'll be no more. So order now. To order by COD or by credit card, call toll-free 1-800-257-1234. In Hawaii, 536-6677. That's 1-800-257-1234. In Hawaii, 536-6677. Or to save all COD charges, Sent $14.95 to Pocket Fisherman. P.O. Box 7500, Atlanta, Georgia. That's Pocket Fisherman. P.O. Box 7500, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. Let me tell you about Carterville Bicycle Service and Supply. You know, Christmas is coming up. It's Thanksgiving's still in the weekend here, but Christmas is coming up. And right now, they've got a great holiday offer for you at Carterville Bicycle from now until the end of the year. That's all the way to what? December the 31st. If you purchase a new bike at Carterville Bicycle, you get a limb helmet for free. These helmets retail, listen to this, between $40 and $100, depending on which one you get. Lots of styles, colors and to choose from, and they're, they've got over 300 bicycles in stock on top of all that. And there's no restrictions and no minimums on this deal. See, that's great. Have you ever had a, a special where they go, limit to one, limit to two? 
there are no restrictions and no minimums on this deal. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street, and they're open seven days a week from 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Call them at 470-315-BIKE. That's 470-315-2453. Or just search Cartersville Bicycle on Facebook. Cartersville Bicycle. Enjoy the ride at Cartersville Bicycle. Awesome. They're an awesome sponsor of the program, along with some other great folks that you'll hear from later. But right now, it's time that we flash the audience of the new, the weird, the strange, the creepy, the funky, <laughs> the creepy. The That's funky, new. and the insane. <laughs> How many more can I Dude, add to it? I'm going to buy you it a just thesaurus. <laughs> What's another word for thesaurus? Uh, <laughs> book of many meanings? Okay. That's several words <laughs> oh, for it, not it. just one. <laughs> That's right. What's another word? Uh, I got the first news. It's got to be a rhyme for orange. Just going to keep working. There isn't. I can't believe it. <laughs> Just keep working. Uh, from UPI. Silver. Police in Tennessee said several gallons. Oh, Alan, you should really pay. Well, Uh-oh. I think I saw you during this. I don't know where you were. Several gallons Lapping of Jack up. Daniels whiskey spilled onto a highway on on-ramp when a truck carrying 400000 Dollars worth of the beverage overturned. The Murfreesboro Police Department said the semi-truck was turning onto an Interstate 24. I know exactly where that is. And it, when it tipped over, causing some of the bottles inside to break and leak their contents onto the roadway. The department shared photos showing the liquid streaming from the truck after it was lifted back up by a wrecker. It was unclear how much of the whiskey survived the crash, but police said the truck had been carrying about 400 grand's worth of the Jack Daniels mm. had been intended for shipment to Israel, believe it or not. The driver was not injured in the crash, the police said, which was great. Now, I saw a video of this, and I saw a guy running around, like, licking the pavement with a sweater on and a Falcon's cap and jeans. And I'm like, that looks like, that could, it looked a little I'm like not, you. I'm not going to say anything. Stick. I wouldn't, stick. It, I would tell you, if, if it had been me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you would have noticed that I would have used the towel technique of soaking mm-hmm. up yeah. then wringing it out over well, my mouth i didn't see all the video so, so i only saw some of it Stick I'm, just, t- I'm just saying if that ever were to happen and you see somebody with a towel that technique is not because i'm worried about drying Stick. the pavement i'm trying to absorb as much of the free whiskey as i can stick your tongue out sailor for inspection let me see that tongue yeah Oh, I'll put it back in. Sorry. <laughs> be afraid i cut I myself maybe on it all the wasn't bits you of- but i don't know you you were gone the past few days i don't know it's what's going it's in- i'm not saying <laughs> it's not be possible in Tennessee. I'm, I'm just suggesting there may be some things that would have had to have happened, Jack too. Daniels. Yeah, I call him Jim. When, you, when you're on a first-name basis like I am, you get to call him by his nickname. What, what my, one of my cousins said, yeah, I spend the weekend with Jack, Evan, a uh, Jim. Jim, Jack, and Evan. A Jim Bean. Oh, I get it. You're talking about liquor. Okay. Liquor, and then I have a drink. To stay away from that. Hey, Let's go ahead. I've got, an, I've got the next news. Move on. Quickly. 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 Move along. Move along. Move Nothing on. to see here. <laughs> Police in Australia said a man was cited for driving without a license, and officers confiscated his unusual vehicle. A 1974 Pinto. No. That's unusual. Don't hit, him, that, from, well, don't no. hit him from the rear. It, only unusual that they're still alive. And right. Uh, oh, uh, 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 I don't know. A rare Centron from Europe. What was right, he driving? What are Australians known for? Maybe. What, what, Kangaroos. He's riding a kangaroo. Well, no, no. No. As far oh, as a vehicle. Just, in terms of like personal like um, refreshment. Oh, uh, uh, alligators. Uh, crocodiles. How about beer drinking? Oh, uh, Foster's? Foster's, yes. Oh. Well, you got to keep your Foster's cold. Where are you going to put it in? He was riding a big Foster's can? No, but you got to oh. put it in something. Oh, you mean he was riding a cooler? Really? A motorized <laughs> cooler. <laughs> wow. 
Yes. Well, how how creative. Well, you got to keep your beer close and keep it cold. Look, I get it. If you're going to have it in the car, at some point, the other cans are going to get cold. You can't drink them fast enough, but you keep them in a where's, cooler, you're good to go. Where's the engine, though? I wonder what's going well, on. Well, let's read further. The Swan Hill Police Service said officers stopped a 25-year-old man who was spotted driving a motorized cooler on a sidewalk in Kerrang, Victoria. A photo posted to Facebook by police shows a blue cooler on a metal platform with four <laughs> wheels and engine and handlebars arranged to indicate wow. the cooler serves as the small vehicle's seat. Wow. Police also shared a photo of the motorized cooler loaded onto the back of a large tow truck. Officers said the cooler was impounded for 30 days and the man was cited for driving without a license. <laughs> but it keeps growing. The Facebook post said the cooler is considered a vehicle due to the size and engine capacity. What the heck did he have strapped on there? I know. Like and, a and, Tim Allen and, and kind of thing? Would that warm up the beer if it's putting out heat? And must comply with legislative requirements for the road rules. So he, he was operating it without a license. Do they issue a license for a motorized cooler in Australia? That I don't know. Get? That's a good question. <laughs> wow. That's wow. proof. Proof that America does not have a corner on rednecks. No. They are in every country. They're just speaking a different language yeah. or have an accent. Right. Everybody's right. like, you have rednecks down there in the south. I'm like, I've known rednecks from upstate New York. Some that were the, in the country part of New York. Some before. of the biggest rednecks I knew were in Detroit. <laughs> we're in Detro- There's I'm rednecks like, in Detroit. What the heck is wrong with what you? What are you talking about? <laughs> I got the next news. <laughs> From UPI, an Idaho man said it took him four years of attempts before he finally was able to break the Guinness World Record for fastest 100-meter dash, 16.29 seconds. Huh. That's Fast, but that's, that's not, not that fast no. for the 100-meter dash. No, actually, that's, that's... I may have forgotten to add something to it. Oh. Oh. While juggling, blindfolded. No. So now it's a little more interesting. It's juggling, 16.29 blindfolded, seconds. and having to run? Right. Who thinks of this stuff? 100 meters in 16.29 seconds, juggling while blindfolded. David Rush, who had, what a last name, David Rush, who has broken more than 200 Guinness records to promote STEM education, said that the 100 meter, that's 328 feet, people, in case you don't know how long that is. The record was more difficult than his other running while juggling blindfolded records because Guinness requires him to remain in his 48-inch lane for the entire run. He can't get out of the 48-inch lane that he's in by doing this. Rush said he'd been trying to set the record since August of 2017, but found he had trouble staying in his lane. I know people like that. He said he nearly set the record once, but an issue with the video evidence developed, so he had to keep trying. Oh, no, so they messed up the video evidence of it before. Wow. How'd you like to be the guy that goes, oh, hey, man, I screwed the video up on that when you did it. What? Well, think about this. again? And it's pretty fast because that's yeah. just a little bit longer than a football field. Yeah, and he can't, you know, he can't uh, so he slow down and go, got to be careful. He a football field length yeah. within a four-foot lane right. juggling blindfolded. And I'm going to think that it wasn't a curved uh, uh, running track around a football field. No, it's got to be it's straight. straight line. It's a straight line. It has to uh, be. He said he finally succeeded after 22 failed attempts. Hey, there's a guy that kept at it and finally did it. The only, the only failure the record. is when you quit. Setting the record at 16.29 seconds. Now, That's I know impressive. New Year's, new Year's is coming up, and I found, I found a great new way. I heard somebody talk about this week about how to best way. Because people, you don't like it when you fail. I don't like it when I fail or anybody fails Mm-mm. or whatever. Uh, except if I was like... <laughs> If I was on death row and they're about to throw the switch on me on the, in the electric chair, if it fails, that's when I'd be happy at that failure. 
But I'm like, if you don't make a list of resolutions or things to do, did you know if you don't ever make a list, you won't fail? Well, that's true. And I think that's great. If you don't want to fail, just don't make a list. Don't do it. Don't do a, a, a thing, and you won't, don't make a list and write it but down. The flip or, side is you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's true. Yeah, but if you don't want to fail, that's a guaranteed way of not doing it. Okay, I've got the next news. <laughs> this from the UPI in Alabama. Oh, we're gonna have time. We might. We'll come back. An Alabama engineer took inspiration from his childhood to break a Guinness World Record record. for building the world's largest Nerf gun. Okay, this is cool. (laughs) Michael Pick of Huntsville, a software engineer and a YouTuber, earned the record by building a version of the Nerf and Strike Elite Longshot CS6 that measures 12 feet 6 inches long, which is 300% larger than the original toy. We came there. We'll be back. Hey, let's play ball. In the house? Sure. Hey, what are those things anyway? They're nerf balls. Spongy foam. That doesn't hurt anything. Nerf balls. Nerf your nerf. Hey, so where do you get these nerf balls from? From Kool-Aid 3. You send them the top of 20 packs of regular Kool-Aid or 10 packs of sugar-sweetened Kool-Aid to Kool-Aid P.O. Box 600, Bradley, Illinois. And get a free nerf ball. Nerf's a nerf. Datsun offers black gold. black gold. The 10th anniversary Datsun 280CX. Very few will possess its limited number. So lavishly appointed, there are virtually no options. The 10th anniversary 280CX is Datsun, driven to the ultimate. Comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news. I tune into PK on the air from 10 to noon, Saturdays. Thank you. I'm so glad that he does. I'm going to get back to what uh, I'm thankful for, which is a few more things. Uh, I can flash the audience here, but I think, uh, I think Alan. One more. Yeah, I was finishing this one yeah. about the engineer from Alabama who built a the world's largest Nerf gun. Now, to qualify, Pick's creation had to be fully functioning. The Nerf gun larger than six feet, which was the previous record uh, held by a guy by the name of Mark Robert. The most challenging part of this build would be making the air system fit into the shell of the Nerf gun. Since my supersized build had to be exactly scaled to the standard Nerf gun, the space I had to work with was very limited. Nevertheless, I found a way to make everything fit, he told Guinness. Pick's final creation launched darts from the PVC pipe and 3D printed caps. The 12-inch darts reached speeds of up to 50 miles per hour. It works. And traveled a maximum (laughs) distance of 250 feet. It amazes me when they do make the oversized things. Like last week, we talked about the giant joystick that someone mm-hmm. may remember that. But it's Fully also amazing, they, and they work. You know, right. some of them do. It's also amazing when they make the micro things too. They make the tiniest that's almost as big as a grain of rice, mm. a bicycle that actually has that'll roll that's that big. I'm like, how do you get that down to that minute detail? That, I'm trying to uh, let's think. Where did small. my life go wrong? Where that's my goal. <laughs> I get paid to do it, I guess, but I don't know if I'd want to. i got to do other things besides that. i got another news. Is this the last one? This is the last news. It is. Cable network BET broke a Guinness, another world record in New York by recruiting 536 people to dance in the world's longest... 
line. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. They were in the longest Soul Train line. BET, which arranged the event in advance of Sunday Soul Train Awards, said the Soul Train <laughs> line that danced through Marcus Garvey Park in Harlem included original dancers from the iconic Soul Train TV shows, uh, the Brooklyn United Marching Band, and 40-plus Double Dutch Club and hundreds of local residents. A Guinness official was on hand to ensure participants followed the record-keeping organization's rules. They were required to dance in pairs for at least 40 feet to qualify as a soul train. Mm. You had to be that long to be the soul train. Guinness confirmed the soul train featured 536 dancers, enough to take the record from Goodyear Ballpark in Arizona, <laughs> which, cov- uh, which, ha- which had the soul train line of 426 dancers in 2014. So it's, that, it's been that many years ago since they did it so there's another show that came on on saturday when the soul train come on i love the animation of the train at the beginning i thought it was cool but once that was over i'm like time to go out i don't want to watch soul train i don't want to watch american bandstand started talking (laughs) i'm out the door i don't want dick clark on american bandstand i really don't care except in the 80s when 84 83 84 when i was in high school someone was usually on american bandstand that i wanted to see sheena easton hall and oates they started getting the 80s groups that's where i really started to take note and go I don't really go out and ride my bike anymore because I'm a senior in high school. So I'll watch. I'll watch Sheena Easton. You go Easton. drive your car now. I'll watch. Yeah, I'll watch Sheena Easton dance around and and sing on stage. Hit That's the drums. fun. Mm. There's no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, bang why on the not, drum all day. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I can't can hear you. To, Where'd you on. go? Oh, I got so many stories. Did you go here. all the way in the back room? I put them out of order. Well, let me play this, and I'll, I'll do this. I while thought I'm you were going to tell me what you're thankful for. Well, oh yeah, well, I think it, you, you keep me straight. Thanks for keeping me straight. I'll do that before I get into this. And one of these things I'm going to play, I'm thankful for it too. I am thankful for. We talked about our dogs and stuff. Dogs, we love that. Does that count as family? It, like, it I, is. I consider dogs and family the same line. I, I like my dog better than some of my relatives that are distant. Correct. Know, which is fine, but dogs are family. I had my sister's uh, boyfriend lost his cat last week that he had, I think, for 16 years. Oh, wow. And again, again, part of the family, and he was just devastated about it. I'm also thankful for uh, Thanksgiving, you know, still Thanksgiving weekend. I'm thankful for friends. And when I say friends, that's a big blanket statement because I have I have friends that I've had for years from school that I just still have, just keep in contact. I have new friends that I've met over the past 15, 20 years. I have friends that I've met. And what I go do that have same interest in me. I have friends that I've met met thanks to social media, which I'm talking to one right now on the mm-hmm. air with me. You and I met thanks via, to MySpace. Via, yeah, that old thing. That's crazy. Yeah, we've met and been friends since then. We've also uh, met a lot of people and became friends with people in, in live theater that we do and and some independent movie production stuff. That still I have friends from that to this day. I'm thankful for family too because family. If you don't, a lot of people don't have a lot of family that they can go to, and you have family that get on your nerves. I know that <laughs> people you don't want to see, but I'm thankful for my mom, my sister, a lot of my cousins. I have no grandparents left because they're all gone. So, and I have one parent. You and I both have a. We lost our dad, but I'm thankful for the family I had. My mom stepped up to the plate when I was a kid. My mom divorced my dad. I come from a, a divorced family, but my mom stepped up because she got custody of us, and we were both. You know, I was like. I guess 10, and my sister was 8 or 7 years old. Maybe I was 9. And she was all of a sudden a single mom. Man, she had two kids to take care of. My mom did it. I, I look back now, because when you're a kid, you don't see things like that. No. But now I look back and go, wow, mom really did it. I can't believe. And I know she's probably scared out of her wits, but she was able to do it. 
and keep food on the table, keep clothes on our backs, and keep us in school, buy our school supplies, and do exactly yeah. what we needed. And still had a little money left over sometime to go see Star Wars <laughs> or something like that in the theater, which I thought was great. There was a story once where my mom, we had a big, in, when was the big split up happened, and we all had to go live somewhere else. And my mom, we had a big 25-inch Zenith wood grain color television. It was just the big giant TV that sat in the living room. And back then, that was, Piece you of had furniture. one of those, you're like... Nice TV, man. That's great. Yeah, um, check out that woodwork. Well, <laughs> look at that cabinet. Mom had to make some sacrifices. She, when we moved into the new place we were in, she looked at us and she started crying. I'm like, Mom, what's wrong? You don't. You see your parents cry. You freak out as a kid. She was kind of fighting a cry, but I could tell. She she pulled out this little black and white television that she bought at a secondhand store and set it. She goes, and we're like, Where's what's going on? Where's our television? She goes, I had to sell it. She goes, I had to sell our TV, and I hated doing that, but we needed money and. Now we're going to be okay. Give me a few weeks to get back in shape, maybe a mm. month, and we'll we'll get another one. And that's really – I grew up a little bit on that day. I really did. I would think I was 10 or 11 years old. So that was really hard. So that was another thing. My mom sacrificed a lot, you know, to do that. So I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my jobs that I have. I have two, two, two and a half jobs that I do. I do something during the week, and I'm here at the radio station, and we do a lot here. I'm thankful that I have a home. I have a house. I have two houses. One that I'm still paying for, but it's almost paid for. So I'm just working hard, saving up money and doing some things. I have a place to, to wind up going to when we get older, you know, mm-hmm. and, and go somewhere nice. So I've got that going on. I'm thankful for my health. I do have a couple things I have to watch out for. You know, like uh, if you eat a lot of food and gain weight and drink a lot of caffeine, your blood pressure might go up. Watch that. So I have to watch that. But I'm not – I have my health. I'm not – I'm not – I haven't been diagnosed with right. anything that I that's going to knock me out in a year. So I'm thankful for that. You know, not I get a checkup next of. week, so I don't know. <laughs> I have to go to doc- talk to the doctor soon. I hope I don't. I'm thankful that I can go hike Kennesaw Mountain and come off of it, and I'm not dead. I can do that. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't run, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. I sweat, and I hike up that thing with a backpack on my back. So I'm thankful for that. And last but certainly not least, I am very thankful for my wife, that I'm married to, who is also just happens to be my best friend, too. If you find a best friend first, <laughs> right? things are going to go okay. That's, I've never, and don't get me wrong, I've I, when I was married before, um, I had nothing against anybody, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved them dearly. But I've never been able to go, this is my romantic partner wife that I'm married to, but she's also my best friend that we can do anything with and talk about stuff and crack each other up. And I can, I can, she gets out of the shower, I can twirl that, that, that towel up, that wet towel, and go, pow, and pop her right on the tuchus. Oh, I can. You now, just may not see me right, for a I'll week after. I'll walk out of the bathroom with a black eye. She doesn't kill me. So I'm thankful for all of that. And, it's, and I think it's, a, it's different. When you start thinking about Thanksgiving and what you're thankful for, it's different when you get older. Two things that were on my list, because all the wings you had, uh, that are all very similar I mean, to what I had. Yeah, it's just great. I did put a big thank you to the country we live in, because no that, matter what, that we still up. have the freedom to pursue oh, our yeah. dreams. Exactly. No guarantee you'll, su- you'll succeed, but you can still pursue whatever it is you that you oh, feel called to yeah. do. And I love that. And because of what we do, I put a big thank you to all of the listeners, supporters, and followers that right. make you feel like you've reached somebody. Sometimes so, every now and then, just a random message from a random... We're so thankful for our listeners. Yes. I you love just, that. You, you, you just yes. feel like, okay, it's not that I don't... I mean, because I love what I do, but there's just that little... It's like the cherry on top of yeah. that Sunday when someone goes, thank you for that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Just a, a random message from a stranger. You and I are like, someone's listening someone to me. Listen. I can't believe that. 
Unlike, in Germany. Well, <laughs> or well, in no, Washington but, State or anywhere. It's just someone's <laughs> listening to my voice talk. Thank I you. Love, I never get over As long like as I Sally do this, Fields, I'll never get over that. You like me. You really like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. having an audience is important. Oh, yeah. And I'm very thankful for that I love audience. That. And that what you want again, I wrote it down here so I wouldn't forget. Another very important thing that I'm thankful for is I'm very thankful, and I'm sure you are too, that did you know that video, after all, really did not kill the radio star? It did not. And I'm not saying we're stars. I'm just saying the radio folks are still here. No, I'm still alive. Wait, hold up. Yeah, okay. you got to change that now. Let's change it update it. Video and the podcast did not kill the radio star. We're still around. No, Some of us do if both. anything, every radio person's realizing, I better put this show out as a podcast. You better do a podcast, too, or something, just to stay relevant or whatever. So, uh, yes, video did not kill the radio store, a star or the um, the Internet did not kill us. So we're still here. We're still fully functional. We'll talk about more when we come back. We're going to take a break now. But when we come back, I'm going to let you know about a movie that's 35 years old this week. Well, we have no Star Wars report today. Uh, Channel Star Wars folks, Star Wars extras taking it off to enjoy. They're, they're recovering from their meal. They're, they're, uh, they're blue liquid with, uh, <laughs> with, with fried, uh, fried uh, whatever they eat on Tatooine, whatever, fried Jawa. <laughs> whatever they fried have. Jawa. They're a little too full, you know. And you stab into it and it goes, <laughs> Jawas are like, wait, what? It's <laughs> PK on there. We'll you come back what? with that. And, and this day in history when we come back. Raw power. Your bike can have the cycle sound with raw power. It fits on most handlebars and makes the sound of raw power. Raw power, the motorcycle sound from Ideal. The number one smash hit from Daryl Hall and John Oates. And now the next one, One on One. One on One, Man Eater and Family Man from Daryl Hall and John Oates. The album H2O on RCA Records and Cassettes. Available at Musicland. Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, how are your glutes over there? My gluteus maximus is telling me don't do that again. I spent... Six hours yesterday putting flooring in in one of our guest rooms and um, walking up and down two flights of steps and the front wow. steps to where I had my saw outside because I didn't want to do anything inside. I'm not, I get it. I probably could have brought my saw in just then cleaned up the sawdust, but I just Glutton felt for like punishment. I was a gluten for punishment. Gluten for punishment. <laughs> no, no. I see now why you don't have your, the guy whose wallet is so thick he can't have it in his back pocket when he sits down because it hurts his gluteus. I always take it out. You know, I found out that (laughs) some of my little back tweaks were because just having a half inch difference in one butt cheek versus the other. You need to wear two of them. I I need two of them at all. What's in that wallet that makes it so thick? That's the thickest wallet I've ever seen. Really? That's a thick? What do you got in there? much thicker than mine. Well, I have a regular ID. I've got my shooting ID. I've got my military ID. Well, I've also got four different cards. I've got all the insurance cards. Jeez. And uh, I've, I unfortunately, here's a big problem, is I keep people's business cards when I run into them. I don't put them oh. somewhere else. I leave them in my wallet. They still make. So all I've got are all these different business cards. They still make cards. paper business cards. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. That's crazy. You, you're like, it, it, you've got a lot more going on. Notice there's no money in it. You've got, you got a lot more going on in your life. By the what I have in here is just I can it's see more that. of like habit. 
<laughs> right. I probably don't even need this except for oh, you know what one of the big thick things is in here? The card to let you in the building. Oh yeah, I hate that. That's why I just keep it in my car and put it in my pocket when I'm here. I right? used to do that, and then I would drive the <clears> other <throat> car because I'd be like, "Hey, can I borrow your car? I need uh, it for." I'm like, "Oh my god, my ID's in there." So I just keep I guess it in you could tell a guy's status symbol in life by the size of his wallet, and you got me out class huge. No, this man, is not a big. Costanza that's wallet. Big. This is this is <laughs> that's huge. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Hey, someone's calling right now. Hello, it's BK on the air. Hello, BK. It's Jeff. Hey, I'm sorry. Jeff. To, hey, look, I apologize for hogging the airways today, but I'm thankful for you guys and keeping us entertained. You are too kind. How nice of you to say that, Jeff. And I would like to say you're a listener, and I appreciate you very much as well. And and I'm glad to know that somebody's out there listening to us. It gives me a kick. I don't, if I do radio till I'm ninety and I croak. On my deathbed, I'll still sit there and go, I can't believe people listen to what I said on the radio. It makes me so happy. I don't care how many it is. It could be 10 people or 10 million. I don't care. I think it just gives me a great sense of enjoyment and and, and gratitude, and I'm very humbled by it, and I love it. I'd never be a big radio guy with an ego. There's no way. I'll be ego about other stuff, (laughs) but not being on the radio. No way. But I appreciate you, Jeff, for being out there. Thank you for being a part of the show and listening and calling in. Yes, sir. I'll carry on. We will carry on. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Don't call me, sir. I'm a sergeant. I work for a living. I think that's what? funny. Oh, speaking of that, I was watching old Gomer Powell reruns, and I found out that on the pilot episode, I think on the first couple of episodes, they actually referred to Sergeant Carter by his real rank. Later on, they just called him Sergeant Carter. Mm-hmm. But in the first couple of episodes, I think in the pilot, they said, "Gun, I am your sergeant. I am your gunnery sergeant Carter. And he is. His rank on his sleeve was Gunny. gunnery sergeant. Yeah. And they never referred to him again as that. As that, he's not. Uh, he's not three up, three down. He's three up, two down in the Marine Corps. I'm like he's Gunny Sergeant Carter. So there you go. Well, in the military, just for vernacular, that's his official rank. But sort of like everyone would just say, like in the Navy, you've got Chief, Senior Chief, Master Chief. Right. If you were directed to somebody, say Master Chief so and so. But if I just say, Hey, Chief, what's going on? Like, if it depends right. on the conversation. You know what you meant, yeah. Right. Now, what's the difference if you, if I may ask you a military question on sure. rank, if a sergeant who has th- uh, f- like maybe two up and one down mm-hmm. is with a, a buddy sergeant of his that only has only three stripes, who's a sergeant, mm-hmm. he's still out. They're both sergeants, but the guy with the extra stripe outranks him. Obviously, Correct. Right. He could tell that right. sergeant what to do. Technically, and is it true? If he falls is, under is his it chain also, of command? Here's yes. what I learned on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, the great Uh-oh. show I used to watch. <laughs> Admiral Nelson was on board. The Sea View, the submarine. You remember the show? Captain, the captain of the ship, who was played by David Hedison, mm-hmm. uh, there, I think it was an episode where they had a conflict, and Admiral Nelson said, "I, we need to do this, and we've got to do this. He goes, no, we're doing this. He said, he, he, there's something about, he, you're an admiral, but you can't order me what to do. I'm in command of this vessel. So I do that. I wonder if that's true in like emergency situations so, or something yes, like that. So yes, the captain is in charge of his ship, but the right. admiral is in charge of the ships under his command. Right. So I don't know if that was just a television show they did thing. He's like, I, yeah. you may be admiral, you may be admiral Nelson, but I'm captain so and so and I'm I'm captain of this vessel mm-hmm. and I say we're doing this. Now what the captain decided to do, I think wound up being the right thing obviously, which was good. <laughs> now I think you could probably do that and maybe get away with it or mm-hmm. whatever, but when you get back on land, <laughs> you might have to answer you know, that for that was or the something hardest with somebody. Thing for so. me in the Navy was getting used to the different ranks. Like the the Air Force, the Army, and the Marines, they all right. follow the same thing. So you went from Navy lieutenant, then, yeah. second lieutenant, first lieutenant, then it was captain, right. which is different than in the Navy. Navy captain. A yeah. captain in the Navy a is deal. a full bird colonel <laughs> right. in right. the Army. Right. 
because they're the captain of right. the ship. So now, yeah, I had to get used to a different conventional structure for right. military grade. Now there's something else that plays into that. Now if, if you're if you're not you don't know what's going on on a ship and you happen to be an admiral and you're not the commander of a vessel, you don't may not know how to do certain things. Like the Commodore that had to take over from Kirk in that episode when he had the growing old disease, he's like, he ran him right into the neutral zone. He's Commodore Stalker. He had no idea what he was doing. He got the ship in trouble because mm-hmm. he's a Commodore, but he took command because of his rank, but he had no idea what to do. Right. He was totally that's, floundering That's around. that fine line in the military where you have to follow orders, but right. they have to be lawful orders. Exactly. So you can't have an admiral tell well, a captain, I want you to kill that seaman over there. Right. Well, why? What'd he do? I don't care. I ordered you. Don't quit. No, that's right. an unlawful My order. My dad even said there were lieutenants, first lieutenants in the Army who had just become lieutenant. First of all, he goes, well, they've got attitude because they're a lieutenant now. Lieutenants that, I think, first rank where you have to have, like, college and some other education. Oh, yeah. You're officer, you're officer versus enlisted. He goes, there's some lieutenants that will defer to a master sergeant. That has like three up, three down, because uh, they know more about what's going on. Because the he sergeant's does. been there for twenty years, <laughs> right? Not he just went two. He's been World War Two, World War Three, and World War Four, no, and everything. The he knew what first thing so, you yeah. do, every officer knows when you come into command. Yes, you're the officer. Yes, you have the tactics, you have the education, you have the rank. But somebody's been there day to day. That's a sergeant, and they understand how things actually work too at the ground level. You find a good sergeant to put underneath your wing. And Everybody he, and, knows and that. And the sergeant may have like twelve ribbons on his chest. What he's done over right. the years. Well, thanks for clearing that up i appreciate sure. that that's cool I asked thanks, for a reason. thanks for the segue <laughs> yeah. well look there it's taking us to our well, next break darn. <laughs> when we come back we'll uh, we'll do on this day in history and i will sneak in the movie who's got a um, anniversary this week because it's this week it wasn't today but it was this week so we'll cover it because it's a movie near and dear to our hearts and uh, get it into a story about some of the making of of it that you might not know uh, on this day in history, November 27th, we'll talk about birthdays. What national day it is. It is a national day, the day after, uh, two days after Thanksgiving. Uh, and also, uh, retro toys that may be hiding in your attic or basement that you might want to give a second look to if you need extra money for Christmas. And Disney is about to spend $33 billion on something. And I'll tell you what it is. Another it's, studio? It's not the rights to Star Trek. Most illogical. The Star Trek Super Phaser 2 target game uses one 9-volt and two pen light batteries, not included. It signals when you hit the target reflector badge. You can hang the target almost anywhere. Flash the phaser. It's a silent beam of light that signals when you score a hit on the target. You missed! I hit it! I hit the target! The Star Trek Super Phaser 2 target game includes phaser and target reflector badge from Mego. If you like pizza made the real Italian way with bubbly cheese, tangy seasonings, pure ingredients, you'll say our pizza is the Mosta. Try some now at the Refreshment Center. Here are some words of wisdom from Mr. Know-It-All. Become there. Welcome back. I want to tell you about Rock and Shop. Just a few doors down here in downtown Carterville, they'll be hosting a live music event at their store. Uh, Black Friday came along, and they did that on November the 26th. But today, what is today? It's a uh, it's a local business Saturday. Is that what they call it? Yeah, Small Business Saturday is today, November the 27th. 
They'll be uh, welcoming a huge shipment of rock t-shirts, turntables, and over 200 new releases on vinyl. ABBA, the group ABBA, will also be releasing their first new album in 40 years this month at Rockin' Shop. They'll have it if you want to pick it up if you're an ABBA fan. But there may be, I need to look out the window see if there's lines down there right now. There might be. Come and see Eddie Bruce. Say hi to him. Tell him BK and Alan send you down there to Rockin' Shop in downtown Cartersville. Classic rock and rock and roll, baby. Still on this day in history today. We might have a music uh, rock and roll anniversary on this day in history. November the 27th on this day in history. 1895, Alan will be able to get this. The Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel will establish something on this day in history in 1895. Oh, uh, uh, what could it be? It was dynamite. <laughs> you think it was dynamite? Yes. No, it was the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, there was that, but it's because yeah. he invented dynamite. Did he, he create? Well, see, I didn't know that. The Nobel family, yeah. It was a blast, man. It was cool. It really was. It went up in flames. Eight, 1896. Thus Spake Zarathustra by Richard Strauss debuted on this day. What a great piece of music. And uh, you hear it, and depending on who you are, you think of maybe two different things when you hear it. You and I go, 2001. I see monkeys playing around with bones and a big monolith in the the sky. 2001. Also, people go, Elvis is about to come on the stage because he always played it when at the beginning of his concert when he entered and, and came on the stage when er, entered when he, Elvis thing, entered the building. Good thing his ego was always he in check. Played that too. 1920 on this day, The Mask of Zorro, directed by Fred Niblo and it starred Douglas Fairbanks, is first shown in New York in 1920. Technically, the first superhero film ever made in 1920, Mask of Zorro. Hey, people that don't think Zorro is a superhero, you would be wrong. He's a superhero. He has a cave, he dresses up in a mask, and he saves people, and he does good things. He also wears a cape. Yeah, that's a superhero. And he's got a horse. (laughs) Cape, sword, sword. He has a sword. Yeah. 1924, New York City. Today was the day, November 27th, the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was held on this date in history. They hold him pretty close. 1956, you may be able to get this, too, from the uh, uh, if you're familiar with plays and stuff. F. Goodrich and A. Hackett wrote a play, and it premiered in the Netherlands on this day in 1956. Hmm. They made it into a movie, too. I've actually been in this play before with Mrs. BK and some friends of mine. We performed it once. The Diary of Anne Frank oh, okay. premiered on this day in 1956. Makes I, sense thought, in I thought it was before that, but that's that was when it premiered. Today, 1967, the Beatles. The Beatles released their album Magical Mystery Tour on this day. There's a new Beatles documentary that I want to watch. I, think uh, it's I started Max. watching the first episode. Okay. It's almost like you're just eavesdropping on them. Playing. I heard their stuff no one's ever seen before. It's I've never seen and any I of this stuff. See it. It's good. It's um, pretty cool. By the way, we talk about it. From Kenneth, Peter Jackson. And Kenneth Branagh is working on the Bee Gees movie, too, which is going to be cool. You know what I told some friends this week? I told them they didn't know it. I'm like, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Branagh is making and directing the new Bee Gees biopic that's coming out. And one of my friends said, oh, is he playing every part in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. With the miracle of modern no. CGI aging, de-aging technology, no. Kenneth Branagh will be playing all parts. But he could <laughs> if he wanted to. Yeah, through CGI, he can do anything. Today in history, two movies premiered on this day in history, 1985, the year before what we're going to tell you about later. On November 27th, Santa Claus the Movie premiered on this day in history by the Salkines, the people who made the Superman films, which I think is a great holiday film. It's on my top ten of, of holiday Christmas music movies to watch because I love – I have a soft spot in the, in my in my uh, heart for Santa Claus the Movie. Directed by the same guy, directed Jaws 2. 
and somewhere in time. And Rocky IV pre- pre- uh, premiered on this day in history. Oh, wow. To me, uh, one of the over-the-top Rocky films, which just had a director's cut come out by uh, Sylvester Stallone. But Rocky IV was still fun to watch. It's always fun to watch. He's going to get killed. He's beating the crap out of him. Oh, Rocky's coming back. It's great. The most unbelievable part of Rocky IV for me is when he goes to Russia to fight Dolph Lundgren. God, I can't remember the name of him in that. Was it Draco? Drago. Draco. Ivan Drago. And everything is so Russian. They hate Rocky. They're they're cheering for Dolph Lundgren. Toward the end of the fight, they start chanting Rocky in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. How did they switch so right. fast? No, I mean, even allegiance. Stallone said the whole point about it was to show that it's better to be beating each other up in the ring than in the right. real world. Right. It was an anti- right. Nuke war. Well, I, I still like the Rocky films. I enjoy I every one of them Rocky and watch them. I mean, that um, is still haven't seen the new like, one. Rocky Balboa, the latest one. I never saw that one. I need to see that one. Rocky IV was is it, just didn't a a one market? montage after another strung together with a couple of songs. You need a montage. Even Rocky had a montage. I do have, I do have a, a, a favorite fight. If they ask me which was your favorite boxing fight from which movie and to me my the, the most intense and the one that i think is the most entertaining fight to watch is in rocky three where he fights mr t it was shot in such a way where you're like hmm. you think it's easy to shoot a fight scene a boxing match you got so many camera angles it's got a match continuity wise the punch sounds and stuff the rocky three fight to me was so technically brilliantly done i think it's my favorite fight scene now rocky the first fight the ending of it when he wins that's the most that's the greatest scene but i love the actual fight in rocky three if you haven't seen rocky three or any of them go back and check them out today in 1988 john carradine american actor passed away of kidney failure at 82 years old Mm. what and if you try if you go on log on to imdb or anything that shows people's credits go on and look at john carradine's acting credits i think <laughs> that man i think at one point he held the record of being in the most films in his lifetime he was in so many movies i can't even cover them he was in the he went he was in anything from grapes of wrath which came out many years ago all the way up to 1981 when he was in the howling with the joe dante movie about the werewolves he's in that too he was a, he was in the horror genre but did some other things he was in stagecoach and some other movies but he was in like a billion movies it's mm. incredible 2010 on this day someone's birthday is today irvin Kirshner, director uh is his birthday is today uh he died in uh, he's born in 1923 and died in 2010 lost him he was a great director empire strikes back never say never again james bond he directed a tv movie called the eyes of laura mars which was fantastic a man called horse i think he directed that too with with uh dustin hoffman Hoffman. so uh and and i think uh, an instructor a film instructor of george lucas i think at one point 2011, Ken Russell died on this day, another great director that I enjoy very much. He directed uh, the Who movie Tommy. He directed Altered States with, uh, what's the guy's name from uh, Big Chill? Played General Ross in the Marvel movies. William Hurt. Oh, William Hurt. Altered States, the guy that experiments on himself in the water, the water tank, Altered States. Directed that. He directed Gothic, a movie about... um, that was a weird. That was, was like the the night of opium drinking that led Mary Shelley to think yes, of Frankenstein. He directed that. He directed Crimes of Passion with Anthony Perkins and Kathleen Turner. If you've never seen that, that's I've a crazy that. movie too from the eighties. Uh, Ken Russell, great director. Also in this day in history, this uh, not this day, but this week in history, this film celebrates its thirty fifth anniversary, nineteen eighty six. This week in history. Boy, the founder. At all costs, we are under the attack of an opening probe. Notify all 
station. Starfleet emergency, red alert. Earth is on the edge of destruction. We cannot survive unless a way can be found to respond to the probe. The key to saving the future. Spock, you're talking about the end of every life on Earth. Can be found only in the past. We're going to attempt time travel. Sulu, take us home. These are the voyages of the crew of the Starship Enterprise. Judging by the pollution content of the atmosphere, I believe we have arrived at the latter half of the 20th century. Stardate 1986. San Francisco. Our own world is waiting for us to save it. They have 24 hours. Everybody remember where we parked. Break up. To complete their mission. It looked like a cadet review. We will beam in tonight, collect the photons and beam out. I want you all to be very careful. Without being discovered. We have an intruder. All right, who are you? You're not exactly catching us at our best. That much is certain. This is an extremely primitive and paranoid culture. What does it mean, exact change? Many of their customs will doubtless take us by surprise. We're ready for beam out. My transporter power is down to minimal. I've got to bring you in one at a time. You're from outer space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Let's do our job and get out of here. Freeze! Take off, can you hear me? Freeze! I've lost it. Who are you? You can't. Our next stop is the 23rd century. Full power now, sir. Shields at maximum. Steady. Hold on tight, lassie. Can we make breakaway speed? That's all I can give you! Book eight. Book nine. Now. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. From Paramount Pictures, Star Trek IV celebrates 35 years since its release on uh, this date back in 1986. One of my favorite exchanges in that movie, and it's still to this day, I'll, I'll quote it or a ver variation, when Spock doesn't know the exact way to calculate, he goes, I'm going to have right. to make a guess. Yeah. And Kirk goes, Spock, that's extraordinary, and walks away, and he's... Bones looks at him I don't and goes, think he understands. And he's like, no, Spock. He just tells you he feels better about your guesses than most people's facts. <laughs> right. And that's true because he and always I, trusts I always him, use yeah. that line. I'm like, yeah, I prefer if I have somebody I can trust, I'm like, yeah, I'll pick their best guess over other people's supposed right. facts because most and people are, think they know what they're talking they're about. They're trying their best to fit in, and they're in the truck with Jillian, <laughs> and she goes, he goes, he goes, I have a hunch we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this and feel better over dinner. What do you say? She goes, well, do you guys like Italian? And they both go back and forth and go, yes, no, 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 yeah, yes, no, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yes. I, I like Italian. Italian. And he looks at Spot and he goes, and so do you. And Spot goes, uh, yes. <laughs> so it's just That had the perfect mix of humor and right. still Star Trek, and you knew the cast was having a blast. To see those guys that are always in control, saving the galaxy, heroes, know exactly what they're doing, put in a situation where we don't know what we're doing. We're really out of place here, but we've got to do it. Great. <laughs> it was really fun. And were you like me funny. when you saw it at a young age? Did you wish that someday you'd be that Dr. Jillian and picked up and oh, taken to the sure. 23rd century? Sure, and Eddie Murphy was going to play so a jealous. doctor before her and be in it, but they recast it. So Thank it God. Interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf of all of us, Mr. President, I've been authorized to plead not guilty. On the other hand, they have also authorized me to plead guilty. Now, I am confused. That's good. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Ask him the question again. I like that. That was a good answer, Bill. Ask him the question again. That's good stuff. Is this a goodie reel or a Go. 
Hang on a second. Let me recapture my mood. Would you? No. Uh, no. <laughs> that was great. Do it again. <clears throat> a second. All right, grim it up. Grim it up. I'm trying. We will return after these messages. Kevin, this is Scott. Kevin, this is Scott. Do you hear me? Or out. The Star Trek communicators with push to talk button. Scott, this is Kevin. My bike is broken. Can you help me? Over. Yes, but send me a signal so I can find you. Star Trek communicators with a range of 1,300 feet. Push button. Twin warp sound. Uses one 9-volt battery. Not included. Star Trek communicators with belt hook, telescoping antenna, and twin warp sound. From Mego. We're at Monster Stadium. Frankenberry steps to the plate. <laughs> I'll fill it with my delicious strawberry-flavored cereal, Frankenberry. You're out! A good, nutritious breakfast with Count Chocula is a real hit. Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Both you guys are dying. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. It's Mr. Spock. And Lieutenant Uhura. You can get Star Trek, the motion picture, collector's close-ups. Two on each specially marked box of the Monster Cereals. Groovy. And now, back to a guy who thinks William Shatner deserves an Academy Award. It's BK on the air. Do you mind telling me what this is all about, mister? You darn tootin', I think William Shatner should have won an Academy Award for something. He still may one of these days. But you do know Shatner did win an Emmy Award for his portrayal of Denny Crane on Boston Legal. And it was a, a great role. I think that he didn't know he was going to win. You will go back and watch the YouTube videos of him accepting the um, the award for the uh, Emmy Award for that show back when he won it. And uh, he actually kind of looked surprised when he went up there. And I think birthdays this, today include Lee Yuen Kam. You familiar with Lee Yuen Kwam? His birthday today is that a short round? No, but it's it's short for his his American name when he adopted. It's Bruce Lee. Oh, Bruce Lee. He was born on this day um, in history. In 19, he died in nineteen seventy three. Way too young. I wonder what Bruce would have done had he at the hands went of the Chinese mafia. To, uh, <laughs> if he went on to survive, what would he have done? I think that about a lot of people, like Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly was a very pioneer in rock and roll. No one had done what he had done before in the fifties. He took strings and put them in with his. His band in the recording studio sometime. He was a rock and roller, had his own style of music. I'm like, if Buddy Holly had survived into the 70s or 80s, what would he sound like? I think he would still have been rocking or reinvented himself and kept going. So I think that would have been it. It's fun to speculate, isn't mm-hmm. it? Another music birthday today, Eddie Rabbit's birthday today. You remember him. I Love the Rainy Night. Night. Yeah, a lot of step-by-step, a lot of good singles. Uh, he was born in Brooklyn, New York. He died in 1998. Today is James Marshall's birthday. James Marshall passed away in 1970. Well, he was a little guitarist named Jimi Hendrix. You may remember him under that he, name. He, James he may Marshall. have made an impact. In I think he did. Some people regard him as one of the best rock and roll guitarists that ever lived. He was a good one. Today is Catherine Bigelow's birthday today. Director, Very producer, director. writer, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. I think one time, what, wife to James Cameron at one wife point? Wife to James Cameron. James Cameron. A small vampire movie that I still think is underrated and awesome, Near Dark. Near Dark with Bill Paxton and uh, some of the aliens cast. Yeah. Which is, yeah, hey, Can is I borrow underrated. a couple of your actors? I'm going to do this short little indie movie over here. It was a different spin on vampires. It kind of really it. was. And it was Love very it. well it's done. It's so good. Today is National Craft Jerk Day. Oh, a Jerky Day, sorry. Craft Jerk. jerk. Not Jerk. <laughs> National Make Your Own Jerk. November Wait, 27th. what? I love Jerky. That's actually, you know, Jerky was the first time. 
in jerky form was the first time I experienced deer meat. Okay. Someone venison. said, I have some venison here. And I'm like, well, I've never had it before. He's like, what's well, jerky? I'm like, oh, I like jerky. So I tried it. It's very good. I've never had it in any other form but that. And I don't like, I don't like gamey tasting meat. Like, I know people acquire a taste for it and they don't, it doesn't bother them. But to me, you're like, if you have to get used to something, why don't I, why can't I just eat something else? Because I went to a restaurant once that is known for selling bison. It's like, you know, we got bison roast beef. We got bison pot roast. We have bison this, bison that. And I tried bison. And I'm like, I'm like, that's pretty good. It tastes like beef, but you know, beef tastes better. So <laughs> I'll just eat beef instead of bison. I've but I've tried it now, and I know I didn't hate it. I just right, thought I've beef tried was better. Ostrich. I've tried bison. I've tried venison. So far, I have not found a meat that I'm not okay with. We're gonna go the weird route. I've tried rattlesnake meat before. I've actually never tried snake. I've tried rabbit. I've had rabbit. I've tried alligator tail. Yeah, that's good stuff. And again, mm. most of those, everybody's like, tastes like chicken. I'm like, why don't you just eat chicken then? <laughs> alligator tail is really good, though. It's, it's very, it's real meaty. It's a, The tail of the alligator's got a lot of meat in there. Mm-hmm. But it, I never look back. I said, anybody that's selling uh, gator bites or alligator tail, I'll eat it. Just give me, you know, give me some dipping sauce. Good stuff. I'm ready to go. Well, uh, we were talking about Star Trek Four earlier and it being its uh, anniversary this week. I did want to add this little story. This came up on ET Entertainment Tonight's website. Star Trek Four: The Voyage home has a friends episode style nickname that movie usually is called the one about the whales everybody's like oh and it's people that don't know star trek they're like do you like star trek not really but i like the one about the whales they'll say that (laughs) it speaks to the power of the movie's comedic uh moments among trekkies and other trekkers is the preferred term it's also referred to as the one that's funny 35 years later after its debut speaking with et upon the voyage home's premiere in 1986 the late leonard nimoy who died in 2015 at age 86 revealed the humor wasn't happenstance in fact in star trek 4 for his second outing as director he also directed star trek 3 it was a mandate in 4 quote he said i want to have some fun this time we said initially right from the very beginning we want this movie to be lighter in tone than the previous films noting that the amount of death and transpired ill that happened in the other films the seriousness of the of the subject matter the other films had a little humor in it but not as much uh including mr spock uh he said we're always having eulogies all the time Mm. in some of the other movies the dark things were happening all the time uh, unquote. One step of Nimoy's initiative was a memorable incident as Spock and Captain Kirk traversed San Francisco circa, as we know, 1986. It was set in the year it came out. Or the Dark Ages, as McCoy called it. <laughs> it must be in the Dark Ages. What's going on here? While riding the city bus, they're disturbed by a quintessential 80s punk guy blasting <laughs> loud music from a boombox. At first, Kirk applies his 20, 23rd century manners and politely requesting him to lower the volume. But the punk on the bus, the character's official name in the credits, that's what he is on the credits, punk on bus, replied by flipping him the middle finger and raising the audio even higher. He turned Mm -hmm. it up even higher. That's when Spock resorts to his people's go-to defense, the Vulcan nerve pinch, which renders the unruly passenger unconscious and uh, just turns them... If you don't don't watch closely, Spock pinches him and he falls... And he falls on the boombox, which turns it off, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a great scene. And then everyone cheers on the bus. Nimoy told Entertainment Tonight back at the time that the comic moment when the filmmaker living out a personal fantasy following a similar interaction in his real life that later inspired that scene. He says, I was walking on Columbus Avenue in New York one day and was suddenly hit with a wall of noisy music, he recalled, explaining that then the then discovered that source was a source was a man who just walked past him carrying a gigantic boom box. He said, I thought 
if I was Spock right now, I'd pinch his brains out, and that's how that got that scene got into the movie that way. Very from cool a life experience. It really happened. He added, "I got hit with that noise, and I thought I've got to make a comment on that somewhere, and I'll do it maybe in Star Trek Four. On top of the real life inspiration, Nimoy employed his real life assistant to play the punk at the time, the punk rocker Kirk Thatcher. He's playing the guy. He's also associate producer of the movie, in addition to co-writing the song that he's singing on the boombox. They recorded that in his basement. That song that they're playing. Uh, it's called uh, the group. His group's called Edge of Etiquette. That that recorded that song called "I Hate You." It's <laughs> a quintessential punk song. Thatcher went on to be a writer and director for multiple projects at the Jim Henson Company later in his life, including Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus. But ultimately, it would be the notoriety from his less than a minute on screen in this little uh, in a scene uh, that made him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, albeit briefly. I don't know if you even knew about this. Listen to this. As Thatcher later discovered, MCU overseer Kevin Feige is a big fan of Star Trek IV and Star Trek The Voyage Home. And in particular, Spock and Kirk's bus scene. Sometimes that's all it takes to end up in a Marvel film such as 2017 Spider-Man Homecoming. As Thatcher explains to StarTrek.com at the time, not only did he film a cameo in that movie, Spider-Man movie, it's comically and very non-canonly implied that he's reprising his role as the punk on the bus from Star Trek IV in the shot from Spider-Man. You know the one I'm talking mm-hmm. about? You know, Some people may not know this, and I thought it was great. Thatcher explained in the, uh, in the interview, I was having a meeting with one of the guys at Marvel and Kevin Feige, and to leave early to catch a plane in New York for the last few days of shooting and rapping on Homecoming, I mentioned that I was going to be in New York, too, only two days later. He got excited and asked, I would be interested in doing a cameo as a punk in Spider-Man. He, he asked me that. He goes, I said, of course, sure, I would. While the moment had been 30 years in the making, Thatcher noticed that about 48 hours passed between his initial initial invitation and breaking out the boombox again on the set of the big Spider-Man film from Marvel Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, if you watch, there's a scene where in, in Spider-Man where there's a, there's a camera pan by, and two guys are on the ground looking up at Spider-Man at the goings-on, and one guy's got a big beard with a boombox, and there's like another guy beside him. The guy with the big beard is Kirk Thatcher the punk again from Star Trek IV, as he says in that quick scene. It goes by real quick, so you mm-hmm. got to kind of freeze frame it. If you've got a Blu-ray player, you can see it. So I think that's cool that uh, Star Trek IV uh, kind of launched him into that. Kirk Thatcher's on uh, Twitter. Go check him out on Twitter. He's, he's on Twitter. He'll interact with you. He's on there. Uh, that's what's cool about social media now is in the old days you couldn't contact the celebrities or people that you admire there's ways to kind of do it now if they respond to you some of them do you know you and i talked about it in the break but for folks that may not know if you want to go back you can watch star trek two three and four as if it's its own trilogy they really are one big story that all pieces together and it would make for a fun little marathon if you want to go back and and especially if you liked if you're not a star trek fan and you saw the one about the whales which is the fourth one watch it again if you haven't seen it while it's still very entertaining and considered one of their best films that they did because anybody can watch it and have fun even some of my family watched it and they don't even like star trek (laughs) that's one of the reasons i moved away I didn't fit into that family. I had to leave it to be found there. We'll return after these messages. Just last night, I was lost in the jungle with Pitfall Harry, surrounded by giant scorpions and man-eating crocodiles. Well, Harry and I just grabbed the van, swung through the trees, and over the tar pits and found the jungle treasure. It was really neat. If you haven't met Pitfall Harry, you're missing the year's most incredible video game adventure. Pitfall for the Atari 2600 and in television. Since I met Pitfall Harry, no other man will do. Pitfall, designed by David Crane for Activision. 
sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. But I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. How much stuff did we learn, and we've talked about it before in the past, from Schoolhouse Rock on Saturday on ABC television? Everything. When they would play them. To the point we can sing along still. Yeah, and remember things and helped us in school. Well, David Frischberg wrote the song, I'm Just a Bill. And he reluctantly said, I'm Just a Bill, the theme song from the TV show Schoolhouse Rock that you just heard from there, was his most famous (laughs) song that he ever wrote. That's not a bad feather in your cap. Frischberg died Wednesday in Portland, Oregon, where he'd been living since the 1980s. He was 88 years old. The jazz pianist and singer grew up in St. Paul and went to Central High before getting a degree from the University of Minnesota. Back in 1994, Leigh Kamen asked Frischberg about his time as a journal, journalism student at the university and his early start as a copywriter. He said, it didn't take long that I realized it wasn't going to be for me, this job. And I was right, he said. But songwriting was for him, thank goodness, and lucky for all of us. Frischberg wrote dozens of songs with sharply witty lyrics and catchy tune. He sang his songs, at, most of his songs, at the piano, accompanied by his own jazzy riffs. Now, the guy who sings I'm Just a Bill is actually Jack Sheldon. He was an American jazz trumpeteer, singer, and actor. He performed regularly on the Merv Griffin Show back in the day and participated in episodes of several uh, songs of Schoolhouse Rock. Now, Jack Sheldon died on December 27th of 2019. Mm. And I was just watching Dragnet the other day, and Jack Webb used Jack Sheldon in a lot of... He was a, he was a Jack Webb stock player for Dragnet, he showed up in several episodes as a different character. Now, does he sound this. like that same kind of gravelly he voice? He really doesn't. When he got older, he did. Mm-hmm. But when you hear Jack Sheldon the way he sounds, I'm just a beer of that. You, you, mm-hmm. I just would imagine this big guy, this big massive guy just singing at the at the, at the uh, he was kind of over he was always a big guy but you look at his face and his face looked like he was like a human stay puff marshmallow man he was just like the most pleasant looking guy you've ever seen in your life and he usually played like a criminal on dragnet i'm <laughs> like wow he's a what a career to have that was really cool so i'm just a bill the writer dave frischberg passed away so that's somebody from our childhood you know that passed away mm. That we'll miss. Um, it's like everybody keeps getting older. Yeah. I don't get it. Including us. Stop it. But when I look at Mrs. BK, I'm like, why don't you age? I said, you're older than me. I'm like, you're like four months older oh, than me. Oh, you did not just say Yeah, that. I did. I did. Will you, cover, will you cover? I know we're not having a show next week because it's Christmas. Will no, you cover? we are next week. Oh, no, not next week. Will you cover for me next week? I may not be here if now. You're, if, you're not, if you don't show up, I won't even bother asking. I'll just... I, I will play that soundbite as the last known words of BK. That's the second time I've messed up thinking Christmas is next week. I did it earlier with you, and I'm like, i got to get that out of my head. That's how close I think they are. Are you panicked about shopping? Not really, no, because I hear there's nothing to buy. There's nothing here. (laughs) We don't have anything. So, No, I don't worry about that. I haven't worried about shopping with Christmas for a long time because I don't have a lot of Christmas gifts I have to buy. i got two or three or four people that I get something for, mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal for me, and I can get it done, and it's not that big of a I deal. I have to be I very careful, it. and just in case, because, you know, my significant other randomly tunes in, and if I mention right. anything either about her or in any way kind of allude to a wink-wink joke or sort oh. of an exaggeration, that's when she's listening. So you're not... You're but after, all like, so you're not after all presenting the new cruise ship tickets to her this week at all? No. Christmas what I will say is... <laughs> Oh, Having sorry. daughters can be challenging as the only male in my house. But. <laughs> and you are the only male. Even your dogs are female. But. 
when it comes to the holidays now with adult females, yeah, it is awesome. It is awesome. I've already employed them before in the gift wrapping category of the whole season. Oh, yeah. I, I can wrap. I wrap fine. I'm just slow, and I take no enjoyment in it. Some people love wrapping. I could say, hey, girls, slide a little cash your way. Here you yeah. go. Wrap oh, everything. Yeah. Well, my uh, my daughter Lex, she and I worked together this past week in seclusion. We, My wife was seclusion. away from She was away from home, and yeah. we were able to do all of our scheming and my wife's not going to be able to figure any of oh, it out, that and she she's it's going to eat her up because she's one of those people got to know what yeah. would you guys do? What would you? No, not I'm married tell you. to one of those too. Yeah, I not going to tell funny. you. Yeah. On the flip side, yes. I know oh, where wow. right now where all the stuff is staged. My wife is a big yeah. stager, like, and I know yeah. they're all the whole week she was gone. I could have gone in that room and saw everything. But you know, the last place I did, I have not even stepped foot in that room. You know why? I've never, since I learned my lesson from a kid, I've right. told this story before. One Christmas, I found where the presents were hidden, found out if I took an X-Acto knife, I could cut the edge of the tape, yeah. and I could open and see the side and then tape it back up. It was the worst Christmas I ever had. Because you Worst Christmas. Getting. I knew everything yeah. before I opened Did you, it. you act surprised? Yeah, it was hard. To. I was disappointed. And I said, I will never... Wow. Ever I'm do like that a again? Surprise too. I didn't want to kid, but I learned. I don't even want to know what my wife bought for the kids because I'm just right. surprised watching them open stuff. Right. And sometimes my wife will get me something and wrap it and forget where it is. She did that a couple of years ago. She's like, I, "Wait!" And I'll, I'm taking things out of the stocking and out mm-hmm. from the tree and opening up and I'm like, "Oh, that's it for me." She's like, no. "Wait, uh, there's where's the?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Where's the?" Yeah. She's like, I got, there's one more. Oh, let me think. Where'd Where'd I put it? My wife's spidey it. sense is so good. <laughs> if I bought something special and let's say I say, oh, I'm going to hide it in the attic. Oh, yeah. I, something would happen. She would feel I the airwaves. To, to go to the attic. Radar love would jump into her brain. And she goes, you know, I haven't been up in the attic to rearrange in a while. I'm like, what are you doing? That's great. Well, I've got a, I got a story that I want to talk about. Uh, Ridley Scott is working on an alien and a Blade Runner television series. And, and I may go into more detail about it next week if we learn more but i want to talk about something else instead i want to put that story about that ridley scott story in those shows on my facebook page and twitter you'll see them but instead i want to talk about i want to talk about from my uh, beloved oh you got a text i'm listening stop talking <laughs> minute we mentioned them she wasn't listening before but the and mine's probably i need to check my phone see if i got a text they'll listen the minute we start talking about right, them. so That's from now on i guess for us, the yeah. next five minutes you get dead air from this oh no <laughs> Well, you got to add to this because you've you've seen Hawkeye yes. on Disney Plus. We watched right. Hawkeye. So you've introduced two premiere. things, and I interrupted: yeah. Blade Runner and Aliens. Alien. I'm going to put that story on Facebook so people can if read they can Ridley successfully Scott. create a streaming show out of those two franchises, I'm in. I can see how Blade Runner would work probably better as an ongoing show, and Aliens could be too because it's got it's got to be probably a little more action in Blade Runner, like fighting the aliens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And depending on what time period they set it in, if it's is it before Alien, after Alien, in between two of the movies or whatever. Because I'm with you, the last two Alien installments by Ridley Scott have not wo- wooed me at all. No, the technical beauty of the film is great. The effects, mm-hmm. the way it looks, the way it's directed, the cinematography, great. But that's not all a film make. You need no. more than that. You Both need a movies, I was story, just like, and you're like, wow, this is just, uh, just is kind of boring. How is it your but, first <clears throat> endeavor in this is better than anything you've had since? And, 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 and it really is. It really is. Uh, and but, also, a Blade Runner being an ongoing series is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, too. that'd be that would be incredible. Now, Hawkeye, so, yeah. 
since we want to end on oh, a holiday yeah. show. Oh, yeah. my God, how good is Hawkeye? Don't you hate it? You love food as much as I do. When you go get a meal somewhere and it's bad, don't you feel bad the rest of the evening if it's dinner? I do. I'm just in a bad mood. I'm like, this restaurant was terrible. I hate that. Yeah. When something I love, something comes out that's connected to the universe of movies that I love and it comes out and it's and it's a letdown, it's bad, I feel bad for a long time. I'm like, oh, I was really looking forward to that and it was horrible. Uh, no, Marvel, again, has come out with a show called Hawkeye. And it's about Hawkeye, the uh, Clint Barton from from the Avengers, and it's a fantastic show with two episodes already out. I'm already in. Mm-hmm. Haley Haley Stansfield is in it, the girl from True Grit with uh, with Jeff Bridges. She is phenomenal. She's such a great actress performer. Watch her facial expressions in the film. She reminds me of Jodie Foster. She's always in the scene, no matter what's going on. She's never out of. She's never out of it. She's always there. The interaction between those two is perfect. Great. It's, it's great. Perfect. And we're still, we just got a few, couple of minutes left here. One more thing. If you have not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife and you're a Ghostbusters fan of, of way back, please go to the theater and see Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm trying to talk Alan. It, it, by the way, if your better half is still listening, I've talked to Alan. I want you guys to get together with us and go with us Sunday to matinee, maybe later, maybe Sunday night. I don't care when it is. Matinees are cheaper. Go see, oh, we're going to go see it again. And we'd love to, somebody go with us and we're trying to get a group up together to go see it. It is so worth seeing. It is fantastic. What a great way to to marry and meld the classic Ghostbusters feel and story and, and attitude with this new movie, bringing new characters who are actually some of them are related to one of the Ghostbusters from the past, uh, Harold Ramis, his character. It it is done with such care mm-hmm. and and um, it's sweet. It's poignant. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's sad. It's intense. It's entertaining. I cried during this movie, and I don't cry during movies very often. I haven't cried in a movie in a long time. But there's a point in this film where I'm like, I can't believe that I'm welling up and just mm. about a tear is about to come out of my See, eye. I can't believe this. Me. That's me. awesome. I'm looking forward so, to it. Part of me just wants to go see it with you to look over and see if you cry. <laughs> Doing the same part I did. But oh, I, I think you're going to enjoy it, just like opening a Christmas present that you love. Yeah, I will. I will definitely cry. It is fantastic. Two big thumbs up with me from Ghostbusters Afterlife. I give it a 9.5 out of 10. One question I, I have for you, which movie. obviously you're giving it a thumbs up. But yeah. just because I know one of the criticisms I heard from people was like, oh, the way they're hooking it is they're going to go with kids. Kids are cute, but kids can't act. No, that is incorrect. Okay, good. This uh, one of the kids is the kid from Stranger Things. Right. The other kid is, um, uh, what's her name? I think her last name is Grace. She she plays uh, Egon's granddaughter. She's phenomenal in this, and I couldn't believe how well she did. And and she just plays this very analytical Mister Spock light nerd, kind of like him. She's his granddaughter, mm-hmm. but she never knew him. You know, for some reason, uh, Spangler was the black sheep of the family. He was the weirdo, and he ignored his his daughter, who was her mother in the film. And you know what's funny is you know who plays her mom mm. in the film? It's the actress. Do you remember the, the the female character that was the Thanos henchman, the girl with the horns and the dark oh, eyes? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's her playing her mom in the film. And I think her name is Kelly Coon, Jeannie Coon, or something like that. Janine Coon, something like that. She's great in this. She's really good, and that's who's playing his mom. And awesome. I'm like, I knew I'd recognize her voice. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Two thumbs up. Go see it. It's fantastic. It's BK on the air. Catch me on the podcast wherever you can. Thanks for being here. Alan has fun as usual. Adios. See everybody next week. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you!